Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. So we started dating secretly. Could, could not tell anyone. Junior year really was quite the transformation for you, huh? I have like 10 years to catch up on. <laughs> Sexual repression. We had to strip down completely naked and run through every floor on the guy's side of the dormitory in a stampede. All the floors knew about this because it happened every year. Welcome back to another episode of Who's Your Daddy podcast, where two gay guys who are not yet parents talk about gay parenting. (laughs) And all the other things. Yes, right. Uh, As we said in the first episode, this season we are diving into a lot more than just LGBTQ plus parenting. Yeah, so listen to us. (laughs) As the parent. (laughs) Demanding, I like that. Oh, God. (laughs) Is it that kind of podcast? Uh Uh-huh, it is. (laughs) You better sit down and listen. Okay. <laughs> what are we talking about this episode? Um, so I convinced you to talk about your experience at Christian University uh, because you are already in the headspace for it and everybody for has it. been asking um for this podcast. Plus so. this is a great like if you listen to the last episode, it's a great primer for this one to be like mm-hmm. Ooh, okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. That's wow. what's happening. <laughs> yeah, I I don't think I've ever been this excited to um film an episode, which is hilarious because <laughs> this is absolutely like not the chosen theme for this podcast, but here we are. I know, I think that's why we're I mean, I that's why I wanted to do some alternative things, I think. It's this season literally is because all interconnected. Because like this is our identity. There's more to life than just becoming a parent and i think we have a lot of things that we can talk about and experiences that we can share that maybe people haven't heard on a podcast or maybe they just like can't relate to yep parenting and if you're my future child listening to this you are not allowed to listen past this point until Mm -hmm. you are at least 18 oh my god is it really gonna be like r-rated oh honey buckle up pg-13 i guess you said buckle up Oh my god, I'm gonna sip my iced coffee. Okay, here we go. So we so last episode we talked about Matthew's coming out story, which is very intense almost. I would yeah. give I'm trying to think of like the words. It was very a big deep dive. There was a lot of things going on. And we mm-hmm. sort of glazed over like going from high school into college. Yeah. And from high school to college, you were like, I am done with homosexuality. Like it is in my past. I'm going to go to a Christian university, be the perfect human and everyone will love me. But that's very different than how you ended college. <laughs> so we sort of like, and so we sort of skipped like those, those four years or the first three, maybe the first three. Definitely. And like, I feel like that maybe was like those two to three years was like the this huge transformation of like completely writing off your sexuality and then like coming to to terms and like accepting yourself so like and this is all walk us through it pre-michael right yeah of yeah. course yeah. we met in 2014 <clears throat> my coming out video came out i had no idea who you were i started college in 2010 so coming into college 2010 seattle pacific university i want to give you a little bit of background of seattle pacific university um, it's a Christian university in Queen Anne, which is a district in central Seattle. Um, it's kind of like a more upscale 
like nice totally. neighborhood, nice neighborhood, a little bit more expensive, mm-hmm. just sort of. Anyways, that's the vibe. Yeah. Um, Seattle Pacific University has about twenty five hundred undergrad students. Um, it is a first free Methodist denomination, which, unlike the name, is not very free. <laughs> I think they mean that you just like don't have to pay to go. I think they actually call it no first free Methodist is because they 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 call it the free Methodist because they're free from the Methodists. They it's like a branch off of the Methodist Church, and they specifically divided to become more conservative in nature. So Methodist wait, is not my... nearly as bad wait, as first free Methodist. If what? you look at this from like a liberal conservative perspective. I did not care to like look that term up and why it was called that. But now I'm not frightened. saying that's the answer. That's my interpretation. Okay, of but it. they could call it first free for something else. But I do know why they divided. Okay, well, one of my sisters is part of an evangelical free church, an E-free. They E-free. literally call it E-free. Yeah. So free what doesn't necessarily does mean, mean great in religious Well, it's not great. I can tell you that. Yeah. We'll get into that in another episode. Uh-huh. So, um, yeah, Seattle Pacific University, quite conservative-leaning university. It has lifestyle expectations. There's boys' dorms. There's girls' dorms. Which is not abnormal. Not abnormal. Right. For... Christian I guess we had universities. boy and girl floors. Right. But you had boy and girl floors. Floors. Okay. Floors, yes. But it's typically like I mean, one half sense. of the dorm is boys and one half of the dorm is girls. And there's no like, you can't cross into the girls floor without going through the lobby, typically, of the building. So like, it's pretty divided. You know, you have a physical barrier mm. <laughs> to keep the men's penises away from the girls' vaginas. Oh, God. Okay. Or in this case, the men's penises away from the men's penises well they didn't do a very good job of that they did not so starting freshman year at seattle pacific i came on campus just as straight as straight could be oh i'm sure yeah as closeted as i could be honestly i had just finished spending my summer in sweden which was my first time out of the country ever with your crush high school crush like foreign exchange student crush who was straight Mm mm-hmm Yep. His name's John Unitan. Do you want to know something funny? What? I went to work yesterday and one of the doctors is moving back to Germany. And we were talking about the other doctor who has a very German name, not knowing how to speak German. This other one literally grew up there. And she's like, whenever I go to Germany, everybody like starts to speak to me in German thinking like, oh my gosh, your last name. And she's like, oh my, like I cannot. And she also said something about going to Sweden. When she goes to Sweden, people don't understand why she can't speak Swedish. What? I know. And I was like, well, my husband, oddly enough, like did learn some Swedish. And then when he goes to Sweden and starts speaking, everybody People are surprised that everybody looks at yeah. him and is like, why do you, how do you speak like, Swedish? Why do you know why? how to speak Swedish? Like, why did you even learn it? I taught myself to speak Swedish in my senior year of high and school. And I told them that. Yeah. <laughs> because I fell in love with a Swedish exchange student. <laughs> so I wanted to go visit him. Downloaded Rosetta Stone illegally off of LimeWire. And practice for eight months. I didn't know you could download like applications. I just did it for music. Yeah. I, wow. Yeah. Spent a lot of time on the computer. Early two thousands. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. So, okay. Anyway, so you're in your freshman mm-hmm. in college. I also went through a pretty major heartbreak that summer as he was returning back to Sweden. I had this high hope that he would like realized that he whisk was you gay away and yeah whisk me away to europe and i would never have to come back to the mm-hmm. states and could never like didn't have to face my like um traumatic religious experience yeah he would just be like live with me mm-hmm. it's fine obviously that didn't happen so <laughs> i was crushed and decided to turn away from homosexuality forever i was now re-christianized ready to attend spu and follow all of their rules Ugh. yeah freshman year 2010 Shortly after getting on campus, there was an article that was released by The Stranger, which is a hilarious publication out of Seattle. And this was released in response to Seattle Pacific University uh, basically doubling down on their super antiquated lifestyle expectations and removing the right of a gay group on campus called Haven of reserving rooms or space on campus for club meetings. Oh, so there was an LGBTQ 
group. But it was not recognized by the university and they were not allowed to reserve a room or space to meet. Wow. So the headline is The Secret Sex Lives of SPU Students. Masturbation in prayer rooms, mouths on genitals, virginities lost, and forbidden everything. If you are a child, please close your ears. Seattle Pacific University, the 120-year-old free Methodist school at the northern base of Queen Anne Hill, officially bans premarital, extramarital, or homosexual sexual activities. Read the university's 758-word statement on human sexuality, and you'll learn when heterosexuals at SPU are allowed to engage in heterosexual sex, and why homosexual acts are prohibited on campus, and why things must be this way. In parentheses and quotations, God. (laughs) Earlier in the year, this whole thing hit the fan with Haven and SPU administrators just taking away all the rights of Haven and not allowing them to meet on campus. A bunch of angry letters and threats to the university were made by alumni saying they're going to withhold donations, etc. And so two weeks later, the administrators came back on their word and said, oh, Haven can now reserve space on campus again. Big whoop. Scrolling down. This is the secret lives of SPU students on campus. These are people who have written in to the stranger to say, like, this is what it's like on campus. And this is actually, like, my experience. Oh, wow. So as a freshman... It's not like The Onion. It's not like a... like a No, it's not false. ...made-up article. Well, at the beginning, you were like, The Stranger, which is hilarious, which I was like, is it like an onion then? Is no, like- no. Oh, okay, okay. What I love about this is that I was so against homosexuality at the time. Like, I wouldn't even acknowledge, like, my own sexuality. I wasn't mm-hmm. dating. I was just, like, a man for God. And this article mm-hmm. came out, and everybody was reading it, and it was such, like, a big thing on campus. And, and, and there's these whispers. That's such a small university, though. On campus, LGBTQ plus students were not visible. Yes, you had the Haven group, but it was a uh, on the fringe, something mm. that was like external. Did you have to? Did you have to identify as LGBTQ to be part of it? No, you didn't. So you could be an ally, right? Of course, yeah. You, allies are welcome, but of course mm, you could mm. attend if you're an ally. Yeah, ally um, or questioning or or anything really. A lot of the students we we just didn't address homosexuality. It just was ignored. Uh, Sounds like my childhood. Yeah, and it was like something that was. If you're gay or whatever, we're just not going to talk about it. Don't mm-hmm. ask, don't tell. Yeah, A lot of stuff happened behind closed doors in secret. Yeah. The amount of times that like relationships would get super complicated and you'd realize that this person's screwing this person and this person's screwing this person. And you have these whole networks of love triangles that were like between the same sexes and between dorm floors was insane. And I just loved every minute of it. Looking back. Stressful in the moment. Looking back entertaining. First story on here. I just want to read a couple stories. This is why Matthew loves reality TV so much. Yeah, because it reminds me of my life. Yeah. I want to read a couple stories from this article to give you like uh, just a little... I'm ready. This story is called The Music Practice Rooms in the Graveyard Just North of Campus by a member of the class of 2007. Before any student moves into a dormitory on the Seattle Pacific University campus, they're requested to sign a document outlining community expectations guidelines rules for living in the spu bubble don't smoke cigarettes or pot don't drink alcohol on campus and most notably don't have sex with your fellow students but every student male or female straight or gay or bi is a horny human and the fact is that most spu students love to hook up (laughs) in their dorm rooms in the library study rooms in the public lounges people try to keep their sex lives quiet and on the down low because if you're caught it's trouble sorry interjecting which is why we didn't talk about it we just Mm. didn't address anything you don't want to get caught someone could tattle on you (laughs) literally i know it's just so funny and then you're like tattle on you and you lose your scholarship you're kicked out of the dorm you can't go to college it's crazy yeah if you're caught it's trouble but to do this they end up in some pretty weird and risky places when i was at school good friends of mine liked to fuck late at night in the graveyard just north of campus The private music practice rooms in Crawford Music Hall and the art studios were popular too. The common quality among all these places, secluded and almost always open. What do you think? I mean, makes sense. I'm sure that I'm sure if you like asked all different types of people at universities, you'd get real weird answers. Yeah. Like where people were. This one's called the prayer room, the park car. (laughs) And the bathroom and auto. Not everybody. Hall. Not every university has a prayer room. So I mean, that's we had a prayer room on every floor. It's a little unique. Oh, so could it be locked? 
No. So you're taking a risk. Yeah. The prayer room was not locked. It was a small room, so that could be dangerous potentially. Oh, yeah. To have a lock on the door. <laughs> what are you doing in there that you would need a lock? I don't know. Other than You just didn't want to be disturbed. Okay. <laughs> By a member of the class of 2010. Being in the dorms makes sex difficult, especially if you're gay. I didn't start having sex until my sophomore year, but I did jerk off a lot. Most of the time, this would take place in my room when I knew my roommate would be in class because I thought that would be safest. Maybe for most guys, having a roommate walk in on you isn't so bad. But since the porn I was watching was gay, it came with bigger consequences. (laughs) Came with bigger consequences than just some mild embarrassment. So I was careful trying my best to whip it out only when I knew I wouldn't be bothered. I thought about doing it in the showers, but guys at SPU have a very homoerotic sense about them, and having a guy just get in the shower with you is not uncommon. True. So not a good place for me to jerk off. Plus, the guys would have gotten really suspicious if they came to the shower and found me with my finger in my ass. Eventually, I found... Okay! (laughs) Eventually, I found my favorite jerk-off spot, the prayer room. On each floor in my hall, there were small prayer rooms with doors that were designed for prayer and reflection. Well, I used the prayer room often, but I wasn't praying. Kind of blasphemous, yeah, but to be honest, I'm sad I never actually got to have full-on sex in there. (laughs) Another benefit of the prayer room privacy, I could put my headphones in and watch porn without having to worry much. Oh, and speaking of porn, at SPU, they have this awful thing called a content filter It blocks all of the good sites from being accessed while you're on SPU's network. Fortunately, it didn't take me long to discover how to circumvent the filter. Proxy servers are amazing, by the way. Then, during my sophomore year, I started having sex. At first, this functioned much like my masturbating life did, except with more precautions. I had to be damn sure that my roommate wouldn't be coming back for this. A lot of times, if he was around, I'd just go and have sex in my car. Parked down the street from my hall. Car seats are... Oh. <laughs> what? It says car seats are great for giving head. <laughs> it's like vulgar, I swear. <laughs> Once I even met up with my boyfriend and sucked him off in the bathroom in Otto Miller Hall. Oh my god. That was fun. After I came out, I got more comfortable and started texting my roommate to make sure he wouldn't be home. I think this made him really uncomfortable, but honestly, I don't care. A guy's got to get some cock. Oh my lord. Yeah. Why is this person at a Christian university? Dude, <laughs> we just went over this. I know. It's just funny. <laughs> it's like he went from like freshman year and then like sophomore. Year, he's just like, just kidding, whatever. I need the D. It's, I mean, it's real fast. It's a tale as old as time. Wow. There was no grinder. I mean, if grinder was a thing, it was not popular enough to be. I guess, yeah. I think I I went to, no, yeah, I started university without an iPhone. Right. My first two years were without an iPhone. I don't think I had an iPhone until 2013. Yeah, I think it was like late 2012 for me. So there was no grinder. Grinder was definitely not an app. Mm -mm. No, there were not location services. No. To that extent. Right. Okay. That was only 10 years ago. I know. Things have changed. Like, that's a lot. But not a lot. Some has changed on SPU campus. There's still a long ways to go. The off-campus apartment by a member of the class of 2010. I have a theory that gay men go to SPU in order to cure themselves of their wicked ways, but they just end up fucking each other. In so many senses of the word. Close your ears, Avi. I never told any of my friends at SPU that I was gay, even though it was probably apparent. I carry a purse with me wherever I go, for Christ's sake. Oh my god. It's not an environment where you can feel comfortable being in your own skin, or at least it wasn't then. The fact that Haven has now been recognized officially as a legitimate club on campus says a lot, and that now people have a place to go when they feel alone, alienated, and the like. But for me, there was no such place. I never really came to terms with my sexuality until I left the school, but one student helped me, for lack of a better term, throw me out of the closet. Let's call him Matt. Oh, I love that name. Nope, wasn't there this time. We ended up losing our virginities to each other. Matt and I never had sex on campus. Not that it didn't cross our minds. I love the idea of having sex on campus just for the sake of sticking it to the man. Wordplay. But realistically, (laughs) the possibility of being caught was just too heavy on my mind. After all, in order for the administration to intervene, all they need is an accusation. (gasps) 
Really? They don't actually need physical proof. That's messed up. Punishment would probably include counseling, a fine, yes, a fine, and some sort of disciplinary probation. A fine? And probation. A fine? A fine. Oh, my God. Yeah, you're paying the university to be gay. So we lost our virginities on his living room floor after we had both moved out of the dorms. We were still students, but being a couple blocks off campus in a rented apartment provided a greater sense of comfort with no chance of getting reprimanded. Now, looking back, I wish I had had sex on campus. Being as taboo as it is, it would probably have been pretty fucking hot. Still, losing my virginity while I was a student at the school was liberating. Also frightening as fuck. I'd more or less set my status as a fag in stone, which meant I had to walk on eggshells for the rest of my college career, lest my newly established sex life backfire on me. I didn't even walk during graduation. It's impossible to feel comfortable as a gay man on campus that is outwardly against you. And Mm. I couldn't justify being proud of my education from a school that thought I was leading a disgusting life. On the other hand, Mm. as much as I hate to say it, SPU showed me who I really was. All the negativity surrounding homosexuality helped me deal with my own negativity surrounding my own homosexuality without them even realizing. Plus, Matt was the hottest sex I've ever had in my life. So thanks for that too, SPU. Oh, wow. Really appreciate that last sentence. Uh huh. Uh huh. It's not about me, but. <laughs> <laughs> That's interesting because it's like all these people go there, I'm assuming, not because it's a super liberal university where you can just like be yourself. They go there because they like want to get away from it, but then they just end up being the most gay. Yeah. I actually got a little choked up reading that for a second. I don't know why, but like one of those last paragraphs talking about. The university like not it's impossible to feel comfortable as a gay man on a campus that is outwardly against you yeah and i couldn't justify being proud of my education from a school that thought i was leading a disgusting life yeah just like the how it's so ingrained in the system that it's like law uh-huh. it's not only someone's belief but it's also illegal mm-hmm. just like it was in the country at that time I think there's obviously like an argument for universities maybe not wanting people to like go have sex in um, their teaching halls and like public places. But I, obviously this one has like a very specific bend right? Uh, against a certain people group. Right. It's uh, not only that you aren't allowed to have sex. It's that if you have an accusation of like being gay it's persecution they can just like it's persecution of people who are gay it's just persecution of lgbtq plus people in general like one part of it kind of makes sense just in general but then the other part is just like whoa i mean they just stated it perfectly at the beginning i have a theory that gay men go to spu in order to cure themselves of their wicked ways Mm -hmm. and i never told any of my friends at spu that i was gay even though it was probably apparent it's not an environment where you can feel comfortable being in your own skin and that is just the reality. That's the reality of my middle school experience, of my high school experience, of my college experience. Like, you could not be free. You could not be yourself. Mm. And I think that's what so many people are living with right now. Mm-hmm. And that fucking sucks. Yeah. That it's still like that. And it just uh, makes me mad. <sighs> okay. I want to do one more story from this. Okay. Because it's about football. Mm. And I just love that. You love football. <laughs> I don't love football, but I love the story. Okay. <laughs> By a member of the class of 2006, the football field. It all started with men's intramural football. During our first weekend of games, I met a super hot guy from the opposing team. I swore he was making eye contact with me the entire game. But I thought to myself, we're at SP fucking you. Later that week, I came to find out that he was also in my anatomy and physiology class. Ugh! Yes. <laughs> One particular evening, we brought rye whiskey, also prohibited by SPU, hmm, daring, into the studying equation. We got pretty tipsy, and before you knew it, we threw studying out the window and just had a grand old time laughing and talking. Mm, so cute. We were sitting on my old blue couch when he spilled his drink. We both shot up to start cleaning it up, and then as we were there on our hands and knees dabbing at the spill, we looked up at each other and seriously locked eyes. <sighs> Take a deep breath. He leaned forward (laughs) and slowly and cautiously moved in closer. We kissed. My God. (laughs) We kept kissing until we had been making out for 15 minutes or so. Then suddenly, we heard my roommate get home. That really crashed the party. 
I knew we would have gone further if my roommate hadn't come home. So the next day, I preemptively made my way to the store for condoms and lube. I was closeted, yes. Whoa. But I'd fooled around with some guys in high school and watched plenty of gay porn. So I knew what I needed and wanted. He couldn't wait to call me the next day to meet up to study. He arrived at my place and we didn't say a word. Just instantly started making out. I locked my door. The clothes started coming off. We gave each other head. And then he asked me to fuck him. So we fucked. For a long time, it was incredible. Not gross or shameful, like the church taught me it would be. Natural, real, human. Aww. I got an A on my exam the next day, too. Oh, snap. Yeah. Wow. Good for him. Maybe he was just glowing the next day. Just good for him, honestly. Wow. Dang. That's insane. Oh, ooh. wow. <laughs> ooh, invigorated right now. I was just like, I, that was not my experience on campus. Um, but good for him. Yeah. <laughs> so like getting what happened it. for you? Right. Okay. While all these people were having their rendezvous without you knowing. That gives you just so much background information on what it was like going to SPU for a gay guy. Mm-hmm. And my freshman year, I made seven really close friends. Mm. By the time our we ended our junior year, uh, five of us were out mm-hmm. of the closet. And all of us were straight uh, at the beginning of that freshman year. solid percentage. Yeah. I had this friend, and we were really close, and we were, like, hanging out all the time. And the sexual tension was, like, building, and I was confused and was like, no, I'm not going to do anything. And he kept, like, bringing it up, like, "Um, so what do you think about gay people? And, like, let's talk about the church. And what do you think about this? And what do you think about that? And I kept shutting him down. He would like stay the night in our dorm sometimes and like on the couch no we'd share a bed okay but i'd make him sleep on the other end so his head was facing the other way and my head was facing the other way so that like we could were... you just not make it home no he just wanted to have a sleepover okay we thought okay. it was fun do i know this person no you've never met him really yeah okay we had a lot of like jealousy issues like not what? like he was jealous of me hanging out with other friends i was jealous of him hanging out with other friends Needless to say, like he you was, guys were like dating without dating. Yeah, but he was like also hooking up with some of the friends in the group, and I didn't know that. And there was like all the stuff going on behind the scenes where I'm like, why do you like this person better than me? When it was really like, that's your boyfriend, <laughs> kind of thing. <laughs> so like group dynamics where people are dating each other, but you don't know it because you can't talk about it because if you do, you could get fined or put on probation. And everything had to happen in secret. So, like, people would stay the night at each other's dorms and hook up at night. I mean, that's when most people hook up. Dorm mate can't know, or maybe they need to sleep in someone else's dorm that night. Or, you know, something like... They don't need to know, but they're, like... Shifting pieces. Like, they can't know, but you're like, can you sleep somewhere else tonight? (sighs) I don't know if this has ever happened to you with, like, your homoerotic repression, but I would go to bed, and I would wake up, and we would be, like, hooking up. Wait, what? Yeah. Like you, the the guy that was sleeping opposite, like you're just sleeping and then, but you wake up and then you're like, oh, ha. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. that. <laughs> Does that never happen to you? I don't think so. I don't know like what happened. If, if he like started cuddling me or something was happening and I was like in the state of almost unconsciousness, like half asleep. I don't know. You know, it's funny. What? Actually, now that you say that, there have been times where you've initiated and you thought it was me, but it was you. Maybe it was the it was the exact same thing. It's like you being asleep, and then your subconscious takes over. And then the next morning, you're like, "No, you did initiate." And I was like, "That was not me. That was all you." So that actually makes a lot of sense now. Is this like sleepwalking? I guess, but, but it's not in a sleepwalking. Different way. Damn. Yeah, so it was definitely you who initiated. But there, there were situations. A couple, of, yeah, there were some occasions where that would happen with my friend, and there was so much shame like surrounding that. That afterwards, I'd like cut off all contact. It was so bad because mm. he was in a different place than I was as far as like his coming out yeah, journey, yeah. and he was definitely like. Well, and this is freshman year. Yeah. The fresh the same freshman year that you like wrote off homosexuality and then you're like Yeah, but like how am I supposed to control what I do? I I get it. When I'm you're half like asleep. what 18 or 19 and you're just hormones are off the 
charts. <laughs> horny as horny from can get. Boys is just. And I mean, like we'd have cuddle puddles and like we'd watch movies together. Like there was, and it was all of us guys, like seven or eight of us who would just hang out all the time. And we had a tradition where everybody stripped down naked and ran through the halls, and and then other people squirted. Yeah, so catch up on them. That's the other thing about my university is that it plays the, into it. There's there's no fraternities or sororities on campus, so the dorm halls become the fraternities and sororities. Each floor has its own identity. Like you attribute person personalities to those floors like you're like oh yeah sixth ashton those guys are dicks this is how they are or fifth hill oh i love those guys they're so fun they're like always hanging out together or third moyer Mm -hmm. they're all rich kids like there was just a stereotype for every floor just like you have in fraternities and sororities Mm -hmm. but they also had their own traditions and initiations so freshman year our freshman initiation i was on sixth hill (laughs) <laughs> so you were a thing. dick right no 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 that was six ashton oh sorry no they were you also great they were kind of like straight. you can orient it like six ashton was like gryffindor okay hill hall was like hufflepuff very family oriented they stick together they defend each other they hang out all the time they don't associate themselves with other dorms outside of that they mm. stick like very internally okay six hills initiation for their freshmen this is like the second week of college and our Resident advisor said, everybody go into your dorm rooms and take off all your clothes and sit in the dark and wait for us to tell you what to do. So we took off all of our clothes, got down to our underwear, and they came in with masks and abducted us and took us outside and painted us. And then we ran around campus to introduce ourselves to the girl floors one at a time in our underwear and yell our phone numbers to them. Okay. That was one. And the other one was we had to strip down completely naked and run through every floor on the guy's side of the dormitory in a stampede. Six Hill naked run. All the floors knew about this because it happened every year. What Fifth Hill did and Fourth Hill and Third Hill did, they all got ready for us with wiffle bats and uh, they made barriers with boxes and anything that they could find. Uh, chairs, furniture, put it out in the halls. They got hot sauce. They got things to spray on us. Oh, God. Water bottles. Hot sauce. Hot sauce. And as we'd run through, we'd be screaming and yelling and running through completely butt-ass naked. (laughs) 35, 40 people all at once. I just, like, don't understand how that, how the university just turned a blind eye to people running through their buildings naked while also other people are throwing like condiments at them yeah because it's not gay sex i guess but that's messy who cleans that up is it carpeted yes you got hot sauce just like in the carpet i don't know yeah it doesn't make sense to me oh it happened gross i yeah i got like stuck under a water fountain while like a water fountain yeah like you know the water fountains in the hallway that kind of like stick out yeah got stuck under one while 20 naked guys were like stepping over me to jump over a barrier okay it was terrifying save big on brunch for mom all in the kroger app get 16 ounce packs of flavorful angus 90 lean ground sirloin for 4.99 each with a digital coupon then buy two get two free on 12 packs of delicious coca-cola pepsi or 7-up all with your card shop these deals at your local kroger today or tap the screen now to download the kroger app to save big today kroger fresh for everyone Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. They also take down all of the shower curtains in the men's bathroom. So you have like... Year-round. 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 This isn't an event. This is is year-round activity. Because it promotes male-to-male bonding. Sure does. Yeah. But could you imagine a whole year? Like, how am I supposed to shower? I had to find specific times to go into the shower to, like, avoid other people what was happening it was terrifying no <laughs> it's not that terrifying I, what if you get a boner like <laughs> what do you do you're 19 or 18 it's like maybe they think i don't know just turn around <laughs> people would hop in the shower with you yeah it's just be like, like excuse me i'm having a moment a moment <sighs> running through the halls naked like what if you got a boner there i was that was a thought yeah that i had well risky. i, was, I don't risky know I was a little bit too 
terrified to like even I don't know how anybody could yeah feel slightly aroused in that situation. I don't but... know. Ask the guy from Saltburn. I'm sure he'd find a way. Okay. All right. <laughs> Sophomore year, much the same. Did a tradition called circle jerk. Oh, that's just right. Mm-hmm. But it was sitting around in a circle. Yeah, jerking. And then okay. So how how they explained it is everyone was going to go in the room, get completely naked. And then they're going to bring us to um, the floor lounge, all of the men together from Fifth Ashton, and we were going to play Circle Jerk. Which is a? Tradition, a game, an what initiation. You, and what do you do? All right. So what you actually do. I know. I was like, yeah. this. <laughs> you only get down to your underwear, and then we um, would go out to Tiffany Loop, which is like a big central part of campus, and we'd get a trash can put it in the middle everybody would hold hands like making a circle okay, around yeah. the trash can and then it was literally just a game where you like jerk each other into the trash can and whoever like the last man standing if you hit the trash can you're out so then it was yeah. like a lot. it was actually really fun <laughs> so but like they explain it like circle jerk so many great amazing wholesome traditions there's just at your christian university a lot of homo erotic undertones throughout like like literally built into all the traditions sounds like a it's so bizarre um sounds like the gays just really took over at the start and we're like all right this is our tradition <laughs> like okay you're gonna if try you to don't repress do it, us then this is what we're doing if you don't do it then you're not um, man enough i guess you're you're going against tradition and that's that's bad all right so we'll talk about what happened junior year okay <laughs> spill the eggs Spill the, Spill the eggs, the I don't beans, know. the beans. Spill the beans. <laughs> Spill the eggs. <laughs> did anything happen like formatively in like sophomore year, or like you just? Circled, yeah, it did. You just ran naked, circle jerked in freshman year, and then. Sorry, I was trying to speed through it because I knew like I had to get to junior year and talk about what happened then. But sophomore year, a lot of conversations like, what's, happened. I was gonna say like, what was the? That's what I'm saying is like, what right. is the transformation? Right. You okay. like what did you do? Go home that summer? Sophomore year I went to No between um, freshman and sophomore. Freshman and sophomore year I went home. Okay. And how are you feeling? I do you remember? Was super heavy into YouTube. I went to VidCon. Yeah. I befriended Joey Graceffa. Uh it used to be so Joey Graceffa had this uh her his like best friend, Brittany, mm. and they had a channel together on YouTube called Winter Springs Pro. And that was like their original YouTube channel. Um, before joey like broke off and did his own thing and so those two were together at vidcon and i just like really bonded with them um all of us were in the closet at the time Brittany's a lesbian i think she's happily married living in hawaii last i saw um joey is gay obviously in la but like just hilarious that you know we find each other (laughs) magnets oh um so that was the whole thing uh, but yeah, YouTube kind of dominated my life in 2011 summer. Mm-hmm. But then sophomore year, I changed floors partly because of what had happened with my friend the previous year. And I was trying like desperately to run away from anything that challenged my outlook on sexuality. Mm. So I changed to Fifth Ashton, completely different dorm, different floor, made a bunch of good friends. And we had a lot of good conversations. I also started to open my mind a little bit more going to other parts of seattle experiencing how other people were living started to open my eyes to like what my friends were doing in europe and like how they were living and it was just all this primer of like hey things are different the religious classes on campus were actually super helpful too not gonna lie Mm. as much as i make spu just out to be like this evil place the staff, like the the professors, yeah, are really smart and mm. good people. At least in my experience, when yeah. I was there. I mean, that would. Ma- I think that's fair. I think administration can be awful, and academics can be wonderful. Yeah, and their outlook on theology and philosophy, like, mm-hmm. just fit. It it changed what I believed, and it helped me to see that like things are not as black and white as I Seattle, thought. Seattle, I think, is a hard city to be in to like be in a silo of of thoughts about things like right. you're not in like a little bubble you're like it's a pretty multicultural totally city that's got a lot going on with a lot of people i had a lot of deep discussions and 
taking theology classes my sophomore year, I really like dove deep into the Bible and um, started to analyze it in different ways that I had previously. One thing that I learned in college sophomore year is that the Bible as a uh, historical document needs to be looked at from different perspectives, um, culturally, from the culture that it was written in to uh, like periodically the time that it was written at mm-hmm. that things could mean different things at that time and place like there's con there's so much context and it's been translated like 1500,000 times right and each translation like has its own little like yes version of how it interprets what the original literary motifs and... like looking at the literal literary context of things mm-hmm. so there's there's all kinds of different perspectives that you can look at it with but matthew i want to read it and think what i want it to say <laughs> yeah that's bullshit exactly <laughs> sorry yeah in classes we'd actually like look at the bible and be like okay so this statement from leviticus like what did that actually mean at the time and what was the context and does that actually apply today and like let's look at first peter and see what they're saying there and how does that relate and also what's the context of that is it really okay for gay people to be gay or, Mm. you know, like, so the answers from those classes weren't necessarily like definitive. It was more so just like poking holes and questioning, like, is what you were taught true? Mm -hmm. Let's look at this another way and see how that is. Mm -hmm. We'd take those conversations back to the dorms. We'd talk with our friends. We'd have longer conversations. I would have conversations with other people outside the university and um, all of this was like reflecting back on myself and like trying to figure out where was I at with mm-hmm. this and where are my decisions changing? How am I, how am I shaping this? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So moving on to junior year, that summer between sophomore and junior year, I went and studied abroad in Spain. <laughs> Fun, yeah. yeah. There would be people who would come up to me in the bar and ask me if I'm gay in Spanish. Oh, really? And I wasn't great at Spanish. So I'd be like, okay what and then my friend would translate and be like this is awkward because <laughs> i wasn't out i'm like i don't know what to say <laughs> <laughs> i'm like i'm just gonna walk away <laughs> so many missed opportunities oh my god i know but going out in madrid and i'm like what the hell what was i thinking it's like 19 20 year old little twink could have had so much fun could have you could have also had gotten something <laughs> gotten yeah gotten something yeah that summer i also went to summer in the city mm-hmm. which is a youtube event in london got to hang out with a bunch of my uk youtube friends mm-hmm. and saw a bunch of people who had like already come out and they're telling their stories and i felt inspired and also had a small crush on someone there decided to maybe like open up and try some different things oh <laughs> just cuddling Okay. Well, I mean, you've cuddle puddled your way from the last three years, so it's a cuddle whore. Get oh it? Oh my god. Do I know this person? <sighs> yeah. Who's your cuddle whore? I had a crush on um Stephen Byrne. <laughs> After that summer, I was like, "Oh, I like you. You like me too. Let's be cute and date long distance. Date long distance, I guess." Where was he living? Um, London. 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 And that was going to work on That was a great safety step for me to have somebody far away that I could keep completely separate from my life at school. Yeah. And that you also could probably never afford to fly to. Exactly. (laughs) Junior year decided like at the beginning of the year, uh, I was going to start figuring out my sexuality and Mm -hmm. actually address it at that point i had come out to myself like i'm I'm like okay i believe i'm bi or gay probably gay remind me at what point you had had that like big breakdown discussion with your parents winter of junior year oh okay so we're going into junior year of college and like you're deciding it to yourself and then you're gonna do that okay yep Mm -hmm. it was like three or four months before i came out to my parents that i had decided myself to um, start being more open to experiencing other things with boys. Yeah. So (laughs) I started junior year as a resident advisor and there's a great like atmosphere around bonding with other resident advisors and um, leadership on campus. So we actually show up to campus like three weeks before school starts 
to go through training and bonding and retreats and all these fun experiences. There is somebody in leadership who I thought was so cute and I loved hanging around them. And I was like, I'm just having so much fun with you. And I'm just like, why am I so, I don't know. Why am I so giddy? Why why am I so giddy? What are all these butterflies? But like, why are they reciprocating? Like, that's the thing. Usually if I'm hanging out with someone who's straight, they don't reciprocate. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, this is just working way too well. Um, And then it was, yeah, during that three-week period before school started, he came out to me. And my heart was just like, like, oh my God, it was, yeah, palpable. Flutter, flutter. Flutter, flutter. We also had one of those moments on his dorm room floor where we were just like (laughs) hanging out. Where you spilt your drink. And And I like basically spilt something. No, (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) I didn't spill anything. You said spill drinks, so okay I sorry continue spilt the tea i also told him that i was like oh yeah i'm struggling with my sexuality I'm trying to figure it out maybe you can help me basically yeah that's gonna be your first book is like a smut novel mm-hmm. about christian university people like boys like coming out to each other <laughs> yeah so we made out and it was great so i think that was like my first first time kissing somebody like actually kissing uh it's fireworks i was like okay i'm never going back this is this is (laughs) this is is something great okay fine wait this is great it's like when the kids get their first taste of like chocolate milk and they're like what this is where things get really complicated (laughs) um because we're hormonal resident advisors like yeah people in leadership so we started dating secretly could, could not tell anyone so fun one Excited. it's not i don't think it was okay for leadership to date leadership really i w- wasn't necessarily not okay it was just taboo mm. for one but then it was obviously not okay for two men to date each other on campus especially if you're leadership mm-hmm. that doesn't look good there was another person in leadership <laughs> who i had my eyes on and I was like, that guy is like so cute. It, <laughs> this is where I sound horrible. But I'm like currently dating this guy in leadership in secret. And I'm looking at this other person. And I'm like, he is cute. Like, holy crap. What do I do to like get close to him? And I remember going on a walk with, at the time, my secret boyfriend. We were walking to Gasworks Park. For some reason, guy number two came up in subject. And He's like, did you know he came out to me recently and he's also gay? And I'm like, what? And you're like, oh, you're like, really? Again, I mean, oh, wow, really? I, yeah, no, literally. And my heart was like, and the door has been opened. Like, let the floodgates roar. <laughs> oh my God, you and your floodgates. Woo. So shortly after I broke up with him. <laughs> Junior year really was quite the transformation for you, huh? You're like, and thank you very much. Goodbye. Uh, thank you. Next. I have like 10 years to catch up on <laughs> sexual Jesus. repression. No, we broke up because there was like, I'd hang out with other people and he would be get like really sad and upset. It, Jealous. Neither of us were in a good place. We're like, we're both leadership. This is not good. I can't spend time with you. You can't spend time with me. And we're experiencing all the negative aspects of a relationship without the positives. Yeah. And he wasn't at a place where he wanted to come out yet. And I wasn't at a place where I wanted to come out yet. So we were both like, eh, this isn't going to work. And then I started talking to guy number two. Of course you did. Started hanging out. We'd all hang mm-hmm. out together, too. It'd mm-hmm. be like me. What was this, like 24 hours later? Basically. I know you. It was not 24 hours later. Come on. I have some decency. Mm-hmm. It was at least two days. A shred. <laughs> uh, okay. And then, God, how can I explain this without using people's names? I don't know. Boy A, boy B, boy C. Boy A, boy B, boy C. Yep. We are going to talk about like a love hexagon. (laughs) You all heard of love triangles. Well, this is a love hexagon in my Christian university. We had guy A, who I broke up with. Guy B, who I was like really interested in and we were hanging out. Then guy C comes along. And you're like, (gasps) 
wow, he's really cute. Well, the thing is that nothing was happening between me and Guy B, and it was just a crush. Guy C, oh. we were like, we became best friends. I know I have a lot of best friends here. I know you're like so popular. <laughs> but Guy C came along. It's not my fault that I'm popular. We were just staying up late at night, having these really deep conversations and whatever. And at, oh my God, we watched Perks of Being a Wallflower together. Do you remember that? I do remember that movie. Really cute. And we would cuddle on the couch of course you would but Jesus. it was just guy to guy cuddling like for this fun. just doesn't yeah but it like literally like i don't know how to explain it to you that's how everybody would justify it on campus we're just bros cuddling and somehow we would just say okay yeah that's totally straight and normal repression right he told me he had never kissed anyone before and you're like so and i was like i want to be your first kiss you said that mm-hmm you were out to him. That was like me coming out to him. Bold. Yeah. Did he know that you knew he was out? He was not out. He wasn't even, he didn't even like fully consider himself as gay. Or I don't think he knew what oh, he was. Oh, boy B was out. Boy, boy B told boy A, but boy C had not said anything to anybody. Yeah, he was. Boy this, C is hard was to, this is hard to keep track of. Yeah. Okay, so anyways. Were Boise, you his first kiss? Boise and I kissed. Um, and then we proceeded to like... Take off all your clothes. Kiss a lot and hang out a lot. And he was coming over. We are watching movies. We were driving off campus, hanging out in my car. Just spending a lot of time together. <laughs> Kim, and, you raised a whore. <laughs> <laughs> that, like... <laughs> I was not. I was not super out of place with things. Like I was pretty much a prude comparatively. No, I to some of this is com- this is very like prude. Yeah, no. Yeah, I'm just poking fun. But the no shame. Complexity no shame. of this gets more complicated. Okay. Because then there's boy D, who was best friends with boy C, who would get jealous that I'm hanging out with boy C. And come over to my dorm and insist that he's staying the night. And then he would crawl into bed with me and like cuddle. <laughs> I need a counter on how many times you cuddled in college. Limit does not exist. Limit does not exist. Boy A, boy B, boy C, and boy D all hung out together. Like same group of friends. Besties. What I didn't know was that boy D was hooking up with boy B. Boy B was the boy who came out to you and you were no, like, No, came, oh. came out to boy A, but I, I had a big crush on him. Right, right, right. But nothing happened. Yep. Okay. Boy C was first kiss. I want to be your first kiss. And then boy D was jealous that you were hanging out with boy C so much, but then started dating boy B. Yeah. Okay. Then I start going on dates with B. And but you knew that D was hooking up with B. Mm. Yeah. Okay. I did. Okay. But they weren't serious and things were just like happening under the radar. Okay. Yeah. And it wasn't like, it was a slow figuring it out. I was like, maybe they're hooking up. And then later on, I was like, oh yeah, they're definitely hooking up. We were going on dates and I was like, oh my God, I like you so much. I want to be your boyfriend. And I'm just like head over heels. We continue that for a couple months. And by the way, boy B was a dick. He would leave me on red he would before leaving people on red was a thing <laughs> no like i had an iphone at the time he would leave me on red oh. <laughs> he would say that we're hanging out and then he wouldn't show up he sounds toxic yeah he'd like come hook up with me and then not talk to me for a week and ignore me mm. like not even make eye contact with me on campus mm. he is literally the guy from Heartstopper. You know, at the beginning. Oh, yeah. He has an avoidant personality. Exactly. So that's happening. We continue that for like two months. And we're dating and it's fun and also horrible because he keeps ignoring me. Uh, And then I run into boy A on campus one night and I'm like, hey, how you been? Like, what's new? What's going on? And he's like, oh, actually, you know, I've been um, dating boy B. Like, we're boyfriends. We've been seeing each other like the last month and i'm like shut the front door me too so have i yeah and him and i just look at each other and we're like what <laughs> we're dating the same guy 
But not only that. B is well, hooking up with D, and he's dating A, and he's dating you. So boy B is hooking up with boy A, with me, and boy D. And boy C is just being friends with everybody. He's like cuddling with everyone, but he's not really doing a lot except with me. Got it. Yes. And then you're kissing boy C. Yeah. Wow. And then we all just bounce off of each other. This sounds like a, a real housewives <laughs> sort of drama. And then there's boy E. Boy E and I were like hanging out throughout all of this. And we we're talking and becoming closer and closer friends. And then once I found out what the hell was going on with boy B, I was like, I am not talking to them anymore. They are toxic. I am cutting them off. And I was just like, boy E, you are mine. This is lovely. This is great. And you shall be my squishy. And you shall be my squishy forever. <laughs> um, boy E, none of us were out. <laughs> Literally none of us were out. <laughs> Unbelievable. And boy E like didn't want to date. He wasn't, he was like, I want to be your friend, but I don't really want to date. And I would... He wanted to be your squishy, just not your, yeah. not your boo thing. Right. And I had a hard time with rejection. <laughs> I was like, Shocking. right? Uh, I'm like, no, but I'm, I like you. I'm shocked. So I was crushed. Um, and we ended up dating for a while and he wasn't really into it. And then he broke things off at the, like early in the summer after I'd come out. But he was there through like my whole coming out experience and was super helpful and supportive mm, through all good. of that. Like as a friend, amazing. Um, I just didn't listen to him when he said he didn't want to date. And of... A, B, C, and A, B, C, D, and E. How many of them were at our wedding? Um, C, E, C and E, C and E, C and E. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Yeah, because I um, yeah, I confronted Boy B, and I was like, "What you did is horrible. <gasps> You're a terrible person." And Boy A and I are both breaking up with you. Oh wow! And I slammed the door on that. Jeez. Yeah. Mama didn't raise no quitter. Uh-uh. So that's a little thing on that. <laughs> oh, and then there is boy F. What? Yeah. Was he boy was F actually at our wedding? No, but he oh. was the guy from freshman year. And then he came into the picture a little bit. I've lost all sense of space and time. <laughs> boy from freshman year. If you've managed to keep track of everything that's happened from this point, like, I applaud you. But that is, that is, that is that. Wait. The boy from freshman year that would come over to my dorm and would spend the night and we would like sleep in the same bed together. Oh, yes. You slept, made out with him. You were sleep stalking. You were sleep, whatever you're doing. Not sleepwalking, but you sleep, were sleep seducing. Hooking up or something. Mm. So then May, you, you like post your public coming out story. Correct. When did you, you said like no Thanksgiving of no, junior year you like, were like, like i think christmas i'm by break. christmas break you were yeah. like bawling on the couch mm -hmm. i think i'm by so then what happened between christmas break and may for you to be like just kidding i'm gay everything with boy a happened before christmas break and then everything with boy b c d e and f happened yes. after christmas break whoa so then did you end up like coming out to your parents and like friends as like just Hey, I'm gay. I'm gonna post a video about it, or like it was, um, like literally those conversations took place from like the beginning of junior year to um my coming out video, and it was a lot of like my a lot of conversations with my staff, like my uh resident advisor coworkers. So because we oh. we had a lot of like deep conversations, and we would meet once a week. Actually, part of that was like telling her life stories. Like we bag a lot of stuff with christianity and like the church culture but one thing i do love about it is like the vulnerability and sharing like your life stories with each other and that like intentionality that really was super helpful for me for one because i gotta like come out to a group of people and find that support before i like extended that to other people and of course i wouldn't have come out to them had i not thought it was a safe space but mm -hmm. i got to know them and then realized that it was a supportive community and that I could like come out to them, find that support. And they really like held me up and supported me through all of my trials and tribulations from the Alphabet Boys. Oh my God. <laughs> I love that. The Alphabet Boys. 
Yeah. It was just like a, it really felt like high school in my junior year of college. Like probably what people go through in high school trying to figure out dating. Yeah. <laughs> but, Stressful. Yeah. And all in secret. So then you decide to, to post your video. Yep. I uh, kind of recited what I wanted to talk about to a couple close friends that were resident advisors before I like actually filmed it. And I just wanted to go through everything and be like, does this make sense? Am I off track? Does this sound crazy to you? And they were like, no, like all of this is true. And like, you need to share it. Hmm. And there was a couple week period afterwards where we didn't really know what was going to happen. The university had never had a resident advisor put out a public statement like this on their sexuality. Mm -hmm. And so like comparing that with their lifestyle expectations and what they're going to do with me. I was scared that I was going to lose my job as a resident advisor, lose my scholarship and not be able to afford to go to school. Mm -hmm. And uh, my boss from residence life was so supportive and helpful in that. And she was like, I have your back. Nothing's going to happen. You didn't do anything wrong. We got you. Yeah, that's awesome. And the university ended up not doing anything. They said, because I'm a para employee, which means not a real employee on campus, the uh, rules that apply to employees on campus don't apply to me. Nice love, scoot around. We love that justification. Yeah. Fast forward to like recently when um, a professor on campus who was an adjunct professor applying for like a full-time position yeah. and had massive support from the student body to have a full-time position was denied because he was an out gay man. Mm-hmm. 10 years later. <laughs> yeah. 10 years after this, it's like still a lot same stuff going on. And then a year after you're coming out video, you're a senior and this random boy in Nebraska. That's you. Responds to your video. Yeah. So all of it led to you. We got the alphabet boys to thank for that. So lucky. <laughs> The Alphabet Boys are at our wedding, so they're the lucky ones. Oh, my God. Yeah, that in and of itself is the full story of um, what the heck happened during university. You and somebody else was telling me that, like, some of some people coming into that space, there's, like, this saying called, like, ring by spring. Mm, yep. And that's kind of, like, a real thing. Yeah. Do yeah. you want to explain what ring by spring means? Sure. Ring by spring means new students coming on campus. Uh, you want to get your ring by spring. That is the goal. My it, understanding of it is like student body ratios, three to one women to men or two to one, two to one women to men. There's twice as many women on campus as there are men. And the, and, and the women want to get their ring by spring. Like they want to be engaged by spring a freshman year. Sure. Whatever. It was or a just, saying. So like, yeah, 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 yeah. So, but that was kind of like, yeah, the dream goal. And some people are like going there just to like find someone to marry. Uh, more or less. I don't know if people are intentionally going there like, I am going here for a husband, but maybe subconsciously. Didn't your mom have like a niece or something? That, yeah, totally. That That's they like were just like go to college. East Coast back hill stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But no, that, I think that's a subconscious thing. And it's definitely like it weighs, has pressure. You know, there's that kind of looming you need to find somebody you need to find your wife or husband for like before you finish college like that needs to happen Uh uh-huh that's like your thing on the list that needs to get checked off and you hadn't found them no it was failing by two two years in so the stress was on we found ways to manage you found the alphabet boys (laughs) and all of your cuddle parties my god awesome well, that was a very enthralling uh, recap of your Christian University experience. Thank you for sharing. God, I hope so. Here I am doubting it again, just like I was my coming out. Why? Story. No. Like, I'm like, oh my, oh my God, God, did I great. talk too much? Did I ramble? Oh like, my gosh. Where are we at? No, it's great. Please, it's if you're listening, leave us a review, a rating. Be like, sh- follow, STFU. STFU, Matthew, we love your stories, because otherwise I'm just going to like quit the podcast. <laughs> Because I have nothing else to contribute other than <laughs> stories of mine. Uh, okay, so eventually we're going to get to my coming out story. And then um, we have some guests lined up for a few episodes totally. later. We're going to ask them some fun questions, too. We're also going to do a great Q&A. So mm-hmm. leave your questions in a review if you'd like. Ooh, ask us anything. Yes, please. 
we love we love to answer questions i want to do like an advice one as well so if you have any like questions that you want like advice on yes i think that'd be fun to do so all right great you can email it uh who's your daddy pod at gmail.com gmail. if you don't want to like leave it on a public comment that's true um or you just leave it in a comment or a rating or whatever and thank you so much for listening to this week's episode we'll be back next week with some more fun stuff please pray for me <laughs> <laughs> okay whatever until next time daddy's out who aren't really daddies sick of being upsold at gyms my guy you're currently a base member for 90 dollars more i can upgrade you to our shred membership for 130 more you'll be a swole member and for just 300 dollars more you'll reach sweat platinum at planet fitness you'll get energy without the upsell never pushy always free fitness training and equipment for every workout it's fitness that fits your budget Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.